Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Oh my goodness. It is a special day. Every day is special as when the sun's out in San Francisco and it's a Saturday, but especially when I got my man back in the house as I look across from me, guess who's got a lot mic and something to say? First name Shamari, last name Block. What's up, my man? Oh, man, it's been a week. It's been a week, man. A whole lot of things jumped off. It was insane. Since the last time we've been here, since the last time I've been on with you or with anybody for that matter, the entire landscape of the Niners have changed. <laughs> the entire landscape of, of, to a lesser degree, of the Warriors. With the Warriors are coming up. The, we, we, got, we got media day tomorrow for the Warriors, though. So stay tuned to 95.7 The Gang because we're going to have some people there and, and check out the social media because we're going to be doing that whole thing, giving you the best from Warriors Media Day. And then tomorrow, man. Tomorrow. Russell Wilson. 22. And I say 22 like, you know, it's like a horror movie. It's like Russell Wilson 22. <laughs> because in the 22nd game against Russell Wilson for the 49ers, guess what the guess what the record is? Now now I know that you know that it's bad, okay? No. But 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 guess how bad it is. Well, I know what it is, but go okay. ahead. 17 and 4. Yep. The Niners have beat Russell Wilson four times in 21 attempts and boom, here here he is right here. And, and you know what I think about? I think about Brett Favre. So is Favre. it Russell or Pete Carroll? That's the thing, okay? Because I think about Brett Favre, right? I think about Brett Favre. And Brett Favre beat the crud out of the Niners as a Packer for a, a decade and a half, right? And then he goes to Minnesota. <laughs> and he comes back and he's playing the Niners. And I don't know if you remember this. The last game he played against the Niners, it was something like 30 seconds left. They had the ball at like the 40-yard line. They, you know, the time is winding down. You know, it was it, maybe it was like 15. And Brett Favre fires a pass into the end zone from 40 yards out, beats the Niners. I'm like, well, it was Favre. <laughs> it was Favre, man. And, and we're going to find out tomorrow if it's Russell Wilson or if it's Pete Carroll. I'm thinking it's Wilson, though. Okay, well, we'll find out. You're, you're right. I want to get into that. We'll do a deeper dive preview tomorrow's big game. The Niners to take on the Denver Broncos. It's Sunday night. It's nationally televised. And then, of course, the following week, they do it under the lights in front of the country, in front of the world as well when they battle the Los Angeles Rams. But first things first, we'll talk about Denver. We'll get into Russell Wilson. Also coming up on the show, we want to get into some warrior talk as you had teased Andre Iguodala. 
coming back to the Golden State Warriors, not as a coach, or maybe he is sort of a player-coach role, <laughs> but will come back to the team. They got a roster spot. Iggy, back in the house. We'll get to your initial thoughts. This is wonderful, right? You need you need Iguodala. And the funny thing is, is that he said, he said in so many words, he said, yeah, I'm going to tell the young guys, if I am getting on that court, then you're not doing your job right there. So that's what he's – and when you got so many young guys, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, you can even throw Poole in the mix there, right? You got the kid, you met PBJ, okay, in the mix there. And it's, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, you have Steph Curry as an example, right? You have Steph Curry as an example, and then you have Draymond Green as like the cop, man. But you need the – you need the the why like you need so okay let let's just say Steph and Draymond Green are parents right they're the parents that teach you different skills like you know Steph offensive and hard work and Draymond defense then, then you need the grandparent okay <laughs> you need the grandparent in that mix too to spread the love to the children and that's what Iguodala is man and, and and listen they lost they lost a bunch of people including GP two okay they they lost. All their depth is essentially gone. You bring in Dante DiVincenzo. If they're going to repeat, they're going to need contributions from all of those young dudes. Andre Iguodala sort of becoming, it's still very early, the sort of the Warriors version of an Udonis Haslam, although he's going to play and he's going to be much more of a contributor (laughs) on the floor. And the 94 feet of slab of hardwood, he will get on the floor and do his thing as opposed to Haslam, who has just become sort of this wizard who I don't really know what he does. See, here's my thing, He's the one guy that will crack on Jimmy Butler. Should Butler get out of line? We saw that (laughs) last week. Now, I don't know. I don't know pay scale, but I would imagine that an assistant coach probably makes more than the vet men, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you make more with the vet men, but I'm like, just, just give him a, give him a clipboard. I'm talking about Haslam, by the way, give him a clipboard. He's my age. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he's in his forties and he's not Tom Brady and he's taking up roster space, but Iguodala can still help. Like he can help on the court if he can stay healthy, <laughs> right? right? Because that's the thing. If he can stay healthy, he can contribute on the court, but obviously the biggest thing is going to be him helping the young guys. And he's and he's committed to it, which I think is the most important part because he knows his role. He's not, you know, he's not one of the old guys trying to hold on. He's like, oh, one more shot, young son. Like he knows his role, and that's why he's coming back. And and I think we have some sound, man, because one of my favorite things is is that he's he, – he alluded to the fact that Steph Curry came to him and said, hey, please come back. And he said, all right, Steph, I'll just come back one more time. And I think we have the sound. Maybe we'll get to it a little later. All right. So when we're talking about basketball, and as I mentioned, we're going to get into the 49ers and do a much deeper dive and preview that game for you, which, again, is coming up tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, prime time in front of the country. But since we're on basketball, and congratulations, Iguodala. I don't really have any hard thoughts one way or the other with Iggy really? coming back. Yeah, I mean, Iggy, he's – you know, he's not really moving the needle for me one way or the other at this stage of his career. I think he's a good he's a good player coach. He's somebody that in the huddle that if there's, you know, if some of the youngsters are outnumbering the veterans and there's this sense of, oh my goodness, I've never been in this situation before and they get wide-eyed, there's Iggy to sort of Iggy to sort of calm everybody down and just say, "Look, listen, let's relax." So I think he's a calming voice, a calming influence. You don't want you want the balance, right? In the mm-hmm. perfect huddle, the perfect team where you have veterans and then you have kids, right? You don't want the kids outnumbering the veterans 
and then you certainly don't want these old grizzled old men trying to get it done, which the Warriors have a tendency to sort of lean in that direction. So there's a good balance. And okay, Andre, okay, okay, but, but it all balances it out. Okay, critical game towards the end of the season. Iguodala's healthy. It's two minutes left. The Warriors trail by six. I, I, I want him on the court in that situation. Mm. Probably even over Kaminga, given what he can do, dude, just because there's something about the basketball IQ that makes this team work. No, there is, but is the IQ better served at this point by sort of implementing that knowledge and sort of verbally telling kids what it is to do as opposed to physically getting out there and trying to execute at this stage of his career? Both? Okay. Because again, because again, critical situation when you got Steph Curry, you got Steph Curry, okay? So all you, what you want, everybody else needs to do is not blow it. Everybody else needs to get out there and, you know, okay, I'm going to make sure. And, and I don't know that Kaminga will be at that point at the end of the season. Maybe Moody will because he's he's a mature 19-year-old. Jordan Poole, you know what he's going to do. And, and I just say in a critical situation, again, I don't, I don't trust him to play 30 minutes. But not trust him. I don't think he should play 30 minutes. But two minutes left, you're down by six. You need a comeback. Iguodala should be in that lineup. The conversation is moved because he'll be injured within <laughs> a month and a half of the season. He'll be, and he'll, he'll be back to that assistant coach role. Guaranteed by the all-star break, the dude will be at the end of the bench just blowing many, in people's how many, how many games did he play last season? I like seven? But he's still a contributor because he's there, and I think he's a calming influence. Yeah, right. my, my, wait, sorry. My favorite part of Godala last season is like, oh, he's been injured, you know, since since October. And it's like, he's going to play in the playoffs. He comes back, plays like one quarter in the playoffs. He's out for the rest of the playoffs. You know, I'm friends with this dietitian, the woman who cooks all his meals. Really? I want to bring her on the show, but she can't. She says once he officially retires, I can come on and tell you what it is that he eats and go through the diet. But she always tells me, I'm like, come on, man. Because the one thing we can say about him is that the dude is physically fit. Nineteen seasons. Crazy. This is his nineteenth season. She says seeds. I'm like, what? What does he do? Seeds. That's the key. Seeds. Like a lot of seeds. He loves his seeds. Pumpkin okay. seeds. Whatever kind of seeds. The dude's crushing seeds. Can I just say this? And I'm going to say that this is not a sports take. This is a life take, okay? People. Um, people. With amazing DNA telling me what I need to eat and how I need to be working out, I'm like, yeah, right. You, yeah, I, I know you eat seeds and kale, okay? But if you ate hamburgers and Twinkies, you'd probably still look pretty darn good. Now, a lot of these people, I'm with you. They're just sort of predisposed, right? Like it's freak sort of, of the nature. DNA. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Oh, yeah. You hit the lottery when it comes to the DNA. No, it's because I eat seeds. It's like, no, because it's because your genes say you're going to be 6'6 and cut, and my genes say I'm going to be 6'1 and, and, you know, a little round. I remember <laughs> GP. This is when GP was, you know, the defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Didn't have an ounce of body fat. Just GP. Oh, yeah. And this is when he was with the Sonics. Before a game, I'm talking like, you know, 40 minutes to tip off at the end of the bench, crushing a hot dog. So some guys can do it that <laughs> exactly, way, right? They, yeah. just, they live that oh, life. Yeah. I mean, listen, the Babe Ruth and a lot of the great athletes, man, Fred Dean. Fred Dean. Yeah, but, but Babe Ruth can get up and down a basketball court, though. True. But, when but you, Fred, you still going baseball, then we're talking about wait, some. No, Fred, Fred Dean, man. So when Fred Dean was uh, traded to the Chargers from the, to the Niners from the Chargers, okay? He showed up midweek. And started and got like two sacks. And Ronnie Lott, my favorite, one of my favorite stories Ronnie Lott ever tells. Fred Dean comes in midweek, like doesn't really meet everybody, shows up, doesn't practice, goes in, goes into the game, sacks the quarterback, goes to the side, busts out a pack of cools, and starts smoking on the sideline. <laughs> 
I remember, Boom. I remember a buddy of mine was interviewing Shaquille O'Neal after a game, and he was doing it from, dare I say, sort of the commode. <laughs> and he had the media because it was after a game, and they were all sort of waiting for him. And he started – he'd come back out. He'd have a few words, and then he'd run back into the bathroom, and then he came back out and said, El Pollo Loco. <laughs> so, I mean, he's crushing it. El Pollo Loco before and after the game. No, where I wanted to go with basketball as it relates to the Warriors, mm. I don't think you can talk about the NBA these days without and, – and I want to get your thoughts on one M.A. Udoka and what the hell's going on there. Here's the deal. As if any of us know. Here's the deal. I had to witness – a family group text yesterday with my aunt, some of my cousins, that sent over 100 messages yesterday about this thing and the theories and the, you know, oh, my God, who was it and this and that. I, it, it, it's, it's, here's what we know. Here's what we know, right? Here's the facts. We don't know anything. We know that he's suspended. We know he's accepted. And we know that it involved an affair of some sort. Consensual. Yeah. So the rest of it is the who is it? And I don't know, man. All I know is this. All I know is this, is that Emi Adoka's influence on that team led them to the finals last year. I'm with you. So I don't care. I don't care if they bring Don Nelson back, okay? I don't care if they dig up Red Auerbach and have him coach this team. They're not going to be as good this season, and they represented the Eastern Conference in the finals last They're year. They're the favorite, according to Vegas, to win it after they got Malcolm Brogdon this year. I don't, I don't, listen, everybody is so excited about Malcolm Brogdon. Because here's, but Malcolm Brogdon is going to replace Marcus Smart. It's not like he's replacing some scrub, dude. Marcus Smart was a defensive player of the year. Was he a traditional point guard distributor? No, but he had that skill set. So how much better do you really think Malcolm Brogdon is than Marcus Smart? Because I, I say it's negligible. Well, I think the one thing, the knock on the Boston Celtics or what they would tell you is that they're a point guard away. Mm-hmm. They don't have that traditional point guard. Not only do they get a point guard, but they get, I think, an elite point guard in Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he's, he's legit. But, but, you, Matt Barnes, you know, first of all, he chimed in initially on the M.A. Udoka situation. And this is what's happening is that some guys are like, I know – I know all the details, but I can't tell you. Like, what the hell's just <laughs> stop this nonsense? But I want to hear from this is Matt Barnes, and you know Matty Barnes. He usually is like pretty upfront, but this is what he had to say yesterday concerning him deleting a tweet regarding, or at least speaking towards the Ime Udoka situation. Last night, without knowing all the facts, I spoke on Ime Udoka's defense, and after finding out the facts, after I spoke. I erased what I posted because this situation in Boston is deep, it's messy, it's a hundred times uglier than any of us thought. That's why I erased what I said. Uh, Some things happened that I can't condone, I can't back. It's not my place to tell you what happened. If it ends up coming out, it ends up coming out. But that was the reason why I erased my post last night because after I posted it, I got a call from someone who had all the details and it's deep. So man, praying for everybody involved. You know, hope everyone gets through this. What is it? What's going I, on he, here? He, he said prayers, okay? Wait. He said like he was scared straight. Yeah. It's Matty like, Barnes. He said, I'm praying. No, no, wait. When people is invoking the name of, of, of the Lord in this, okay? <laughs> you know something's getting real, man. Oh, my God. I, I just, I, this is ridiculous. It's getting to the point of absurdity, okay? See, but this is this is the thing. This is the thing. Let us know what you know. Exactly. 
Just tell us. Like, get out in front of this. Say what's what, and then let it just go off into the past. Because in another week, another you know NBA coach or NFL coach will do something, and everybody will be talking about it. But so long as there is this mystery around it, people are going to be looking through people's staff, uh, the staff directory. <laughs> <laughs> and and comparing it to Instagram, you heard about that, right? Yeah, someone someone the came with a theory. Damage of all these women that had nothing to do with it, and of course the Celtics had to come out, and they're all pissed off. But you're right, the Celtics, one of the more storied franchises. This is on you. This is not how you handle this thing because it will come out. It, it is gonna come out. It's this gonna is come 2022, out. 2022, man. And to think that they're pissed off because somebody leaked it. Listen, man. Hey, no, 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 no. Everything gets leaked, Shamari. Yeah, no, but but you gotta run a tight ship, man. If you get if you have leaks coming out of your building, that means your building is weak. Again, not to say that this shouldn't be leaked and this shouldn't be public knowledge, but if you are the big boss and you say, Hey, this is on the hush, and then it gets out, you, you got you got weakness in your organization. Yeah, but I think if it gets past, say, you and your family, maybe not even everyone in your family. Mm-hmm. You and your mom, maybe, maybe that stays in house. Once you start going beyond that circle and granted their executives, you begin to run the risk of this getting out. That's just the nature of the beast, especially in 2022 with social media, with Woj hitting you up, Shams Charney hitting you up. Man, unless it's like two people and they're related, you got a chance of that secret never getting out. But aside <laughs> from that, man... People got to flap. That's just the way people are wired. Wait, what's that old saying? It's not it's an old saying, but it shows up in movies. Like, three can keep a secret if two are dead. <laughs> 510 on the Comcast business text line. Sounds like he got the last <laughs> pregnant, and he was pressuring the lady to get an abortion. Well, see, this and, is what happens. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And, and 510, I, I've heard this theory. I've heard this theory. But there's no basis for this theory because all we know is there was an affair. And it involved him, and he's suspended. And now people are just going Inspector Gadget Man all over the internet, and all these theories are coming out. And these theories are, and Matt Barnes, oh man, it's way, way, way worse than I ever even thought. And now you, you got a mess. They got to tell us, they got to tell the people what's going on. Yeah, what is, I mean, suddenly Matt Barnes, who now says, he's, I listened to this, right? So he has his podcast, and he says, now that I'm in the media, <laughs> Much like that of Draymond Green. Well, I'm part of the media now. If you're part of the media, you're beholden to disclose this stuff, right? Yeah, well, no, but you also gotta. You also need your sources to trust you so that you continue the information, right? You gotta I, protect I your sources. That. You don't want to burn your sources, but it can't be. I know a secret, and you don't. <laughs> but but here goes the funny part. Matt Barnes is if if he does have this source, Matt Barnes is is more tight lipped. Than, than, than whoever that person in the Celtics organization was. Matt Barnes knows what's up. He's like, hey, I probably shouldn't say this. You, you, know, you know who needs to run the NBA? The Mafia, okay? Nobody ever told on the Mafia, right? Like they, <laughs> I mean, I guess eventually it did. It took like a century for the mob to get told on, and here we got the NBA franchise. The first time anything happens, oh, it's all, it's all in the news. It'll be out. It will be out. It'll be out by within the next 48 hours, I believe, especially now that Barnes has got it. Because you know Barnes will tell Stack Jack, and Steven Jackson will be stoned, and then he'll tell somebody <laughs> else and forget. That thing will get out fast, bro. I mean, at some point, the, it, the JFK assassination, those files, like they're going to be available in 2029 or something like that, right? <laughs> you, you're not, you're not going to make it 100 years, man. Something's going to happen. And until you do, then we're coconuts. 
<laughs> like us are going to be sitting here on the on the air with conspiracy theories, so what man. What would you rather have? You're the Boston Celtics where you control the narrative. You come out and you put it on your terms. This is what happened. This is what we can and cannot say. Or it gets to the point where it comes out and it's ugly, and now you got to play catch up and do damage control. That's what you're looking at here. It's yeah. going to come out. They're going to have another press conference and essentially addressing what was what came out and what was leaked. And now they got to pick up the pieces and look like a bunch of clowns. Here's my thing with PR. And PR firms and people that do this control the narrative. See, here's here's the thing the NFL has figured out, except for with the Watson thing. Here's the thing the NFL has figured out. Tell everybody what happened, and then everybody will forget in a week. Because we live in a 24-7 news cycle. There's always another story. Yeah, Deshaun Watson will get another massage. Yeah, but but well, no, but but now that the, now that that thing's over, right? It, it, okay, nope. It, it, we we haven't said a single word. They they did the suspension. It's gone. When when there's not too much stuff that you can't come back from if you're a professional franchise or if you're a professional league, because people watch this stuff, people are interested in it. And people are going to justify just about anything. I mean, short of like murder, you know. Like, you know, I think that somebody kind of has to commit actual murder <laughs> for the public to be like, "All right, I think we need to do something." But you know, right now, ninety-nine percent of the time, you throw all the because damn, people are just nosy. People are nosy. It, it, I think that when the actual facts come out, people are going to be like, "Well, that's not that interesting," and then. It's going to go away. You know, my favorite thing about PR teams, and every team has one, or every big player usually has a PR person. It's part of sort of their entourage, right? Is that, you know, when a player screws up or needs to make that apology, mm-hmm. usually these players, some, a lot of these players are monosyllabic, as they like to say. They're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. How was oh, the game yeah. today? Yeah, it was okay. Played all right. Mm-hmm. I want to thank the Lord, man. Did all right. But then when it comes to an apology, they suddenly break into these three-syllable words. <laughs> well, I sincerely want to apologize for my my previous – you know they didn't write this, to every right? To everyone that was triggered – yeah, by this. But but the point is that they didn't write one word of this, and it becomes so obvious. Like, dude, this isn't part of your lexicon. Like, come on, man. Let's just you write it. Like, every PR team has this formulaic, okay, we're going to handle the response. And you know that the player, he has probably didn't even read it. So well, see, but, but the other part of that is, is let's just be honest, okay? If you're an athlete, your skill is physical. It's not necessarily mental. There are some guys that, you know, are, are sharp, okay? And I'm not saying athletes aren't sharp. What I'm saying is that the, the athletic population has the same amount of sharp people as the regular population, which means that any given athlete that has to go out there and speak might not be that sharp of a tool, okay? So would you rather have the them obviously reading something that sounds good or them saying something extremely foolish? So here's my question in all of this. Why? Why? Was he suspended and not fired? Like, what's supposed to happen between now and then? Like, is there something that he can do to sort of get in better graces in the eyes of the powers that be, that being the Boston Celtics, so that he can retain his position next year? I mean, the, all of this, this big mystery, just if he broke the policy, right? If he broke this whatever contractual agreement that he had, and I understand it. I made this, I talked about this last night, Jeff Zucker the former president of CNN a year ago, two years ago, exact same scenario. Had to step down from his position because of a long time. It wasn't even an extramarital affair. It was two divorced people, but they had this, 
you know, they have this clandestine affair within CNN. She was a subordinate and worked at CNN. And and he, of course, was the president of the entire operation. And once it was disclosed. And that's the he thing. He was fired. That's that's the part that that's what's so juicy about this story. That's the juicy morsel that's got everyone wanting to sink their teeth in. It's not that there was an affair. I mean, because we can go back to President Clinton. We can talk about former mayor, now Governor Gavin Newsom, okay? People get it in, man, in powerful positions. So the fact that this People warrants a, right. the fact that this warrants a suspension, at least in the eyes of the leadership of the of the Celtics, that's the juicy tidbit that everyone wants to know. Because let's just say this, let's just say this, okay? Let's say instead of the headline that I told that, that we got. It's the headline, Nia Long is leaving M.A. Adoka because he had an affair, right? That's not juicy. We don't care. <laughs> We're like, oh, that sucks for, you know, M.A. Adoka and Nia Long, I guess, okay? Uh, practices start next week. The fact that there is a suspension tied to this and that there's a punitive, there's, there's a punitive uh, 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 a penalty being put onto his action, it's like, well, okay, well, what's so bad? Because, again, Gavin Newsom was getting it in with his uh, campaign manager's wife while he was mayor, and then he got to be governor. Like, he got to be, he, he, he didn't just, like, lose his job. He upgraded after that scandal, right? Bill Clinton, we all know he did technically get impeached, but he got to fit. So the people that face penalties are the Bill Cosbys, the Weinsteins, the Matt Lowers, right? You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. so somewhere between Gavin Newsom and Matt Lauer, M.A. Adoka is on that 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 continuum, and and for whatever reason, this gives the indication that he's closer to the Matt Lauer side of things. Again, it was consensual, so he's not going full on Matt Lauer. But for whatever reason, that this makes it seem like it was closer to the Matt Lauer than it was to the Gavin Newsom. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think that I can understand it if you're in a company and you have a subordinate and you have this relationship. Is a subordinate sort of. Am I beholden to this relationship? In other words, do, can I tell this guy I don't want to do this anymore? Or am I going to lose my job? I mean, there's all these, these scenarios that sort of present themselves that become really disruptive within that corporation. By the way, when you talk about, you know, Neil Long, something that's always, and I completely digress here, which never has made sense to me when you think about Friday, how could Felicia be her sister? Like, that just didn't make sense. <laughs> like, right? That dichotomy, come on, of all... I mean, like that just didn't that hey, never you, made sense to me. Hey, How no, could no, Felicia be your sister? Hey, wow, no, please. listen, man. You got like my sister. Well, I, I, have th- I have two brothers and a sister. My sister was the good angel, angel one. Like she did everything right. And then you know, like you know, the, yeah, no, man. If you if you. If you saw my sister and like how she moved throughout her life, you saw how I moved through my life. You'd be like, okay, you guys are related. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Wait, by the way, by the way, by the because we got a few minutes left, okay? And I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to tell you mine. So I know you've heard a thousand theories about this, okay? What, what what's your favorite so far? Like, not not that it's true. What's I, the one that's what? just... I don't buy into it, but I'll let you go because I don't. I seriously, I don't entertain that crap, man. Unless it's fact, I'm not but buying you, it. But you. But here's here's my point, though. Not saying that it's true. Which one is the most entertaining for you when you heard it? You like what? Because here's my here's my. Go ahead. The one that I heard, and I'm just like, okay, I don't know if that's true or not, but that is funny and interesting as hell. The theory that I heard that I was just like, what was that? M.A. Adoka, like it wasn't one person that worked there. Like he was, he was getting it in all over the Celtics front office. The, my, my my second favorite one, my second favorite rumor, and again, these are rumors, folks. I'm not saying any of this is true. And I'll be honest with you, I'm 99 percent sure that almost all of the rumors we heard aren't true. 
my second favorite rumor is is that it was some executive's wife. So yeah, like, no, that's what I've heard. Like that some, seems some, to see, have yeah, a some, lot of plausibility. None of it has any plausibility. Well, I mean, if, I mean if, now, now again, why, why is there a suspension? We don't know, but yeah, man, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think that the truth is uh, what's it, stranger than fiction, right? The, the truth is much, much more mundane than all of the wacky stuff people are coming if up with. If it was multiple people within the organization that he's having affairs with, you know what it reminds me of? Because players do this all the time. You know what players do? And I, I know this as a fact because mm. I know one of the women who was involved in one of these scenarios. That what players will do is that they essentially, they're, they're sort of like, you, you, you like mob references, right? You always I talk love about many references. You know, yeah, Nick Bosa's great-grandfather <laughs> back in the Accardo, day, going yeah. back to the Chicago mob. <laughs> so the Sopranos or the Mafia, what they typically have is that you have the mob boss, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of these bosses, they have their wives, and then they have their gumas. Essentially, it's their girlfriend. The concubines, yeah, yeah we'll call them, and, yeah. Yeah, and so sometimes the two will actually know each other. Sometimes the two I, – I went to a party with the Grateful Dead. Bob Weir had mm-hmm. a party, right, mm-hmm. up in the hills out in Marin, right? Bob Weir, Grateful Dead. And he had his wife, who was this older woman who had been with him forever. And then he had these two girls who looked like his daughters. And I, I had no idea <laughs> of the paradigm that I'm looking at. But, no, those were his younger friends or his girlfriends. And they were in another room. And they all knew each other and all lived under the same house. I mean, I guess that's the way you rock when you get to that level. My point being, I don't really have a point in any of this. <laughs> Aside from throwing out some salacious details here. So in the NBA, this is back you, in the you, day. You, you're like totally uh, smudging Bob Weir's entire reputation right now. Oh, sorry about that. But <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Or enhancing it depending on you know, who you are. <laughs> so here there are, there are NBA basketball players that will have their wives or if they have tickets for their wives. The mm-hmm. wives know exactly where it is that they sit. Mm-hmm. And then their girlfriends. And they'll tell the people who are in charge of doling out the tickets, make sure that my girlfriend is on the other side <laughs> of the court. Some players will have multiple girlfriends, and they'll have one girlfriend in one section, the girlfriend in another section, and then the wife obviously sitting behind the bench. And he's, they're trying to balance all this to make sure that none of these people meet and come together. So there's a different world when you get sometimes to fame and fortune and when it comes to NBA players or professional players for that matter. Or, Not or, def- or, or, or good fellas. Or good fellow, <laughs> exactly. And with all of that useless knowledge, we get to a break. We continue. It's time to get into a little football. That's right. Hey, my man Cal, do you want to give me a little old – do we have time? Just as I get to the break, just to get me even more excited with some old football music, some old NFL music, just to jumpstart us here because it's all about the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. That's all coming up next. Cam, you go in about three seconds, two seconds. Oh, there it is! <laughs> We will go Broncos. We will go Niners. Shamari Block is back, and I'm sure he wants to talk about how his man, Trey Lance, was done dirty by one Kyle Shanahan. We get into it next. 95.7 The Game rolls along after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Welcome back alongside Shamari Block. This is Dan Abone. We are one day before kickoff with the San Francisco 49ers. We'll be in Denver, the mile-high city, to take on the Broncos. Russell Wilson now getting an opportunity to cook, do whatever it is he wants to do, because Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are in the rearview mirror. But let's just take a look at Denver for a second, because this is a team that is getting booed at home. Nathaniel Hackett's two games into his career, and people already have him on the hot seat for crying out loud. Also, he's he's one and one. He's one and one. Okay, but Josh McDaniels is zero and two in Las Vegas, and everybody's acting like Nathaniel Hackett is is zero and two. And, and listen, it hasn't looked good. It has not looked good. I get that part, but he's one and one. You got Russell. You got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, they're letting him cook, and he's burning dinner, definitely. But at the same time, I think they're going to – I'll tell you like this. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Be very afraid tomorrow. Every year you forewarn me about Seattle. But but again, about Russell Wilson. But here's – don't you think – okay, I hear what you're saying. And I'm trying to I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt, but w- my eyes don't deceive me. That ain't the same Russell Wilson. That's a little portly middle aged man running around these days. Dan, that's seven, a little pudgy dude who can't move nearly as effectively as he did like five years ago. Seventeen and four. <laughs> that is a twenty one game sample size that spans a decade or more than a decade. Be afraid of Russell Wilson. I don't care. I don't care if he's getting the divorce. I don't care if he's not getting busy with Sierra when everybody when everybody divorced. He's not getting divorced. No, he no, he got divorced. But then he so so he got divorced. Oh yeah, not from Sierra. No, goodness gracious, yeah. no, he's not that stupid. He got divorced from not Sierra. Then he was dating Sierra. Then he was being celibate with Sierra, which <laughs> said we're practicing celibacy, and I'm like, I'd be practicing everything except. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he was he he no uh, wait, but think, no. Uh, remember when Richard Sherman and everybody in the locker room was like, <laughs> we don't like Russell Wilson, right? Like through all that, is Tebow still celibate? Se- se- I don't. I t- not celebrate a virgin. That was a, he wasn't celibate. Like it's not like oh I, I I got it in a couple times in life and you know I'm I'm not going to do that anymore. He so was you like I start don't, with the got I, it in. I don't it's know. just way too graphic I, for me, brother. Well, I, well, that's the most friendliest way I could say. All okay, right. <laughs> he was not pra- unpracticing celibacy. Right. No Sorry man, I asked. But no, 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 I doubt it. I, but but here's the thing: think about everything Russell Wilson's been to. He lost the locker room. He went through a divorce. He was in a public relationship. He, he with, with the with the singer and all this other stuff. He he and last season when he was on the worst team he's ever been on, he still beat the Niners at home. They're going to Denver. 
They're going to that Mile High City, which the elevation in and of itself real. is a thing that affects players. You got the Russell Wilson factor, and I'm just saying, be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> so you think it's more Russ than it is the Seattle Seahawks and everything that Pete Carroll does? And- well, we, we saw what Pete Carroll did with, with, uh, with Geno Smith as his quarterback. Yeah, Se- but- seven points. <laughs> That's what not Russell Wilson gets you. Last year, Russell Wilson scored like 20-something points in every game against this Niners defense. Now you bring Geno Smith in, and then Pete Carroll sitting there chewing chewing the hell out of a pair of some gum. Like when I watch Pete Carroll chew bubble gum. Oh, he just I, gives I, me heart palpitations. I, I, feel, I feel sorry for that gum. I'm like, God, that gum is suffering. <laughs> and he's sitting there chew, chewing his jaw off, and they score seven points. You talk about ADD. That dude cannot st- – Someone has got to teach him some levels of meditation. Maybe he practices, but that guy just that, that's his thing. up and down. That's his thing. So, all right. So, Russell Wilson is going to a court. And look, I would say this. When you're talking about a slow start with a new team, they certainly have the pieces. We know that, at least on paper. I hearken back to... Tampa Bay, in the first year they get Tom Brady, everybody said, oh, this is going to work. Look at all the pieces we have, and it's Tom Brady. Remember, like a month into the season? Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't working. Everybody's like, yeah, Tom Brady's washed up. This sucks. This isn't going to happen. Then, of course, you know, it takes a while, I guess is my point, for some of these things to sort of hit a rhythm and for everybody to get on the same page. It could be what we're witnessing right now when it comes to that of the Denver Broncos. That would also warn everybody that we are just two weeks into the season, all right? Strange things happen. Kansas City was one and two going into, I believe, week three or week four. And everybody hey, the- said, oh, everybody's caught up with Patrick Mahomes, right? So let's just, especially with an abbreviated preseason, and especially with guys like Joe Burrow, because now it's really in fashion, it's in vogue, not to play your starters, especially your quarterbacks in the preseason. Well, okay, look at Joe Burrow. I think he could have used a few snaps. I'm just saying that with an abbreviated preseason and the NFL being what it is, just let these teams marinate a little bit before we really know what the hell it is we're looking at. Because it's going to take another couple of games, another month or so. So That's that's not fun. Wait, wait, wait. Dan. Dan Devon. Yo. You are telling the listening public to sit back, be patient. Dan Devon, I feel like I'm nine years old and my mom's... observe, (laughs) Observe. Observe. And, and be reasonable. That, 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 what's the fun in that? This, this is this is a week to week game. I okay, got you. that's an oxymoron. Week right? week two. We we're gonna react off of two games. Week three, we're gonna react off of three. I'm with and, you. I'm yeah. with you. You know what? Yeah, I that's the fun corrected. of it. I hate it when people even use the word. Oh, it's an overreaction Monday. Hell yeah! <laughs> NFL people lost. overreact. That's what they do. You only get one of these a week. Okay, it's like your favorite television show. I don't. I don't know. Happy days, whatever it was. Okay, it's like your favorite television show. Every week ends with to be continued, man. And yeah. Uh, it, whether it's the NFL football or a housewife show or or a New York undercover or whatever, okay? When you got to school on Monday or you got to work, everybody around the cooler was like, did you see what uh, Erica did on whatever show that was that Erica's from? You know, and that's what it is. And, and it's beautiful. That's why we love the NFL. That's why the NFL is king because the Giants played a meaningless game yesterday and they're going to play another meaningless game today and no one's going to care about either of those games. But the Niners get one chance to win this week. One. One, one, one. And if they win, Jimmy Garoppolo is the greatest. They're going to a Super Bowl. If they lose, get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo and you may as let, well let, file Kyle Shanahan let, as let's well. See, let's see what Brock one Purdy game, can do. But one game can decide <laughs> the fate and the emotion for an entire week. Now, Until I'm gonna the say, next game. I'm going to say this, though. I'm going to say this. If I'm going to give anybody a pass, 
If I'm going to give any Niner player, any Niner coach a pass, it's when Russell Wilson is on the other side. That dude, he just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I I think you're still believing. You're hanging on to something that may have passed all of us by, and that's the magic that was once Russell Wilson. But that's that's the thing, though, is that it's not that Russell Wilson, it wasn't his skill. It's just, it's a jinx. It's, It's the curse of the Bambino. It's the curse of the Wilsonino, man. It just doesn't make sense. The, the Niners have had some outstanding teams. Not, think about this. Think about this. The Niners beat the Packers last season. They didn't beat Russell Wilson. Well, I'm sorry. The Niners beat the Packers in Green Bay last season. They did not beat Russell Wilson in Seattle. Yeah, but it was a Niners team that also lost to Arizona at home with Matt Barkley as their quarterback. So it that was it wasn't Matt Bartley. Oh, it, was it was Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. What's I the mean, difference? What one went to USC and one went, went to, to Texas. Texas. Yeah, same same guy. Day. No, absolutely. At so, least at least it wasn't John David Booty. By the way, Chase Chase Daniel is still in the NFL. Did you know this? Yeah, he's might know this? start. Yeah. He might get the start coming up on <laughs> Sunday with those bad ribs with uh Justin Herbert. May not get the start. So all right, so enough of Russell Wilson. Because we can focus on that offense as much as we want. But I think that Denver's also got the defense, which I think you really got to focus on. Because you got, you know, Randy Gregory now is with them. That's the guy who's with Dallas a year ago. Yeah. Injured Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, threw him to the turf. And then, of course, you got your man Chubb coming off the other edge. And then plugging up the middle is DJ Jones. Kwan Williams is the guy in the slot <laughs> who's going to be watching Juwan Jennings. So they're good defensively. And I think they're real defensive. I, I still think they've got... You know, they've got the pieces. It's just a matter of all of that sort of, you know, those assembled parts coming together. So I would still say that Denver is is a threat, and it's going to click at some point, and it could be this weekend. could be Sunday coming up against well, see, the Here's, a, here's the funny thing. Now, granted, they played two crappy defense, uh, offenses, but they gave up 16 points to Seattle in a loss. I'm sorry, 17 points in Seattle, and then they give up nine points to Houston. Now, Davis Mills and that that – that Houston passing attack is very close and similar to what the Niners do. Now, they're not holding the Niners to nine points. I mean, I hope not. God, I hope not. I doubt they hold the Niners to nine points. But the question is, is can Russell Wilson score 20? And that's why I keep bringing him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. Like Russell Wilson is my own. If you're a Niners fan, Russell Wilson is your own personal boogeyman, Dan. But if he, can't, if he can't score 20 with this team, all right, with Melvin Gordon as your running back, a good offensive line, and I would say Cortland Sutton as well as Jerry Judy. Two of the, those two wide receivers you can put up against the 49ers. They're yeah, good. Yeah. Don't put it on anyone else other than Russ because Russ had the excuse last year of like, hey, let me cook. I'm with Seattle. They just want to run the ball. Mm. Hey, DK Metcalf and Lockett, they can go get it as well. I'm not, I'm not If he can't put up more than 20, yeah, the defense certainly for the Niners could have something to do with it, but you got to stop making excuses for Russ and begin to see what it is, and that's a middle-aged, fat old man still running around the NFL. I mean, he's only thrown two touchdowns. That's bad. He hasn't really thrown for a lot of yards. I haven't got a chance to watch the games live, so it's kind of hard. Like, I'm more watching highlights, but he he doesn't – He can't get out – he can't break contain anymore. Remember, he used to he used to be Kyler Murray a little bit back in the day. Yeah, I, I don't – I think it's more than – I think that – I think that this offense – is sort of handcuffing him, and he's trying to play within the structure. Wait a minute. That's what he complained about. That's why he got out of Seattle. No, he got out of Seattle because he was tired 
of having to run for his life, right? He's yeah, like, these offensive also, lines but suck. But wasn't let him cook had a lot more to do with just let him let him throw the ball? But that, it, those are the fans, man. That, those, Russell Wilson never said, I don't get to throw the ball enough. He just said, God, you know what would be awesome? If people blocked good for me, that's all he said. The fans are like, let him cook. Those those people that wear number 12 jerseys with the fan on them, which again, just, uh, I, I ate breakfast an hour ago, and then I'm thinking about those fan jerseys. and Keep it down, I'm going to keep, keep, I am, down. I am. I'm going to be okay. But no, man, like, all he wanted was a good offensive, I don't even know that he has that in Denver. All he wanted was a good offensive line and some help. And, and let's just be honest. That Seattle roster stinks. It smells horrible to this day, and it only got worse when he got there. Like, when he got there, he got there with the team that took him to the Super Bowl, right? And he and, and he lost. Then he became, okay, the guy that got them over the hump in, in the second year they went to the Super Bowl. But, but since then, it's been all downhill. K.J. Wright, uh, 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 Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lynch. Now you do have, you got DK and you got Lockett, but he's watched that defense become crappy, that offensive line get crappier every year, and no one, no one's going to win with that roster. No one. So yeah, I, I, I get him, a good team. I, I get him wanting to get out of town, man. But again, mark my words, mark my words. And I had his stats pulled up here. I'm going to pull them back no, up here. I remember here. you last year, and I think I was pushing back in you. And I think this is like we could hit replay and have the exact same show, the exact same exchange prior to their first meeting with the Seahawks. And I kept telling you, nah, Russ ain't that guy anymore. And you <laughs> were right, man. Said, but that's the thing is maybe – But was... I'm, I'm saying the same thing a year from now, a year later because now he's a year older. And I'm – I'm damn sure that he ain't that guy anymore. Yeah, but he's not that guy that's going to be an MVP candidate. He's not that guy that's going to lead a team to a Super Bowl. But until he proves, until it's proven that he ain't that guy that could roll out of bed with a hangover and beat the 49ers, man, I am going to fear, again, personal boogeyman Russell Wilson above anybody else. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers beat Alex Smith. But he was like 0-4 or something against Kaepernick, and he's like 0-3 against Garoppolo. You get, let me give you a little uh, Russell Wilson story. So back in the day, I had his buddy, Eric Pinkston, who played with the Seattle Seahawks. He was a DB. He was like a nickel DB. got in. He was part of the Legions back in the day. And he used to say that Russell Wilson, this is when Russell Wilson was MVP. Ask Russell Wilson, right? He was on top of the world. But he would always say, man, the whole team just laughs. The dude, like, they just right? thought yeah. it was the biggest tool and so he goes to Denver, and he's got this reputation of being whatever, this cheesy guy. Although he's a great quarterback, but they would just roll their eyes at him because these dudes would all – afterwards they would go to this place called Joey's. they drink and do whatever it is that they do, and Russell would be Russell. But just as a person, they always be like, oh, come on, man. Wait, wait, wait. Did, did you see the video? Did you see the video of Russell Wilson on the sideline trying to encourage his guys? <laughs> To yell, pass, or run to the defense when the when the play happened. Did you hear this? <laughs> That's so him. Like so, like like it like it's like it's pop order football. <laughs> like it's pop order. Hey everybody, yell pass. We we got to get this audio. We got to get. We're gonna play this audio for you the Seattle next segment. Denver. This is in Denver. <laughs> this is a week ago. This dude is in his thirties. 
He's probably he's got kids and he's sitting there doing like telling people yes. to do Pop Warner stuff. You remember that, right? On Pop Warner, you, you did Pop. So if he yeah. played professional baseball, say he was with, let's say he, Russell Wilson, because he played. We, we want a pitcher, not a belly. Yeah, he'd be yeah, on yeah, that high, yeah. man. Oh, he, he's he's corny. Hey, bada, 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 a, hey, bada, bada, bada. He's corny, <laughs> but but he's corny, well, but. But wait, but here's the deal. He's corny, but he he uh, he he signed a two hundred and fifty million dollar contract. He's married to Sierra. <laughs> he's won a Super Bowl, <laughs> so so he's corny. He's working. Listen, it it works. It works. But that said, that video of him. Oh God, yeah. Again, yes, because I remember to your point when he was in Seattle. They it was a well known fact that that people in the locker room were like, this dude's a major dork. Yeah. It was a well-known fact. Well, Richard Sherman and KJ Wright doing Came podcasts. Out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, so getting back to Pink, Eric Pinkston, I text him, let it ride, and he just like, ha, 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 because he's laughing his ass off. That's just so cheesy, so par for the course when it comes to Russ as he goes to Denver and thinks he's got this new tagline. I tell you what, I got it. I got it. This is going to work. Let's ride. <laughs> Come on, Russ. Russell, God, got a Russell makes square dudes blush. <laughs> All right, wait, 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 by the way, the 510, tomorrow, when Jimmy G beats Russell Wilson, Shamari will still call Jimmy well, G mediocre go. and still go. be praising Russ. I have not talked to you. Since the latest happenings, first of all, Trey Lance going down, out for the season. But now Jimmy yeah. G and the talk that Jimmy G wants to be the Jimmy Garoppolo of 2017. I remember, and I'm going to let you speak for yourself, but I know that you would be very candid and you would say, you know what? Jimmy G in 2017 when he was letting it go, I like that quarterback, but we haven't seen that guy since 2017. I hope I'm not misquoting you. No. But now Jimmy G is saying, I want to get back to that guy. Sort of take the shackles off of me, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, yeah, and if Kyle Shanahan was in fact holding the shackles, shame on you, Kyle. Shame on you. Well, my, only, my only thing is this: is that when I watch, when I watch everybody from C.J. Beathard to Nick Mullins run this offense, now they don't run it as well as Jimmy G. I'm not saying that, but they throw the ball downfield more. And, and I, I don't think that it's a matter of. I don't. I never really thought it's a matter of not having the arm strength. I thought it was a matter of not having the intestinal fortitude to consistently challenge defenses down the field. He did that in 2017. He and it wasn't even him running around making plays. It's that he would go deep. Marquise Goodwin. Remember, Mar- Marquise Goodwin had 900 yards one yeah. season with the Niners because the ball was being thrown down the field. So this offense, if you got guys like Ray Ray McLeod, if you got your Danny Grays, your Marquise Goodwins, right, there's room in this offense for those. And listen, I think Brendan Ayuk, while he's not a burner, he's a good enough route runner that he can separate downfield too. There's room in this offense for, for throws to be made downfield. Wait, the four one five, and it's kind of funny because and I'll, I'll get we'll get to this in a second. Four one five. I hope Jimmy G goes Willie Beeman and just goes off script this year. That's Tim Jones. Hey, hey, listen well, again. I think in defense of Kyle Shanahan, after because keep in mind after 2017, 2018 hits game three against Kansas City, he tears his ACL, mm-hmm. and I think immediately thereafter they wanted the ball out of his hands. You know, he's playing with that brace. I think they were so cautious. He was their franchise quarterback. And Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know if they custom-made the offense or restructured it around making sure that Jimmy, 
you know, we don't put him in harm's way, let mm-hmm. him get out of his hands, and maybe it sort of interesting. So uh, it, it sort of took off from there in terms of so structuring an offense so the quarterback doesn't get hurt. <laughs> wow, hey, that that is clever. By the wow. way, I'll give you the floor, your thoughts, on what happened last week with Kyle Shanahan running your man Trey Lance. Well, forget about Kyle Shanahan. What happened with Trey Lance getting injured? What do you think? I've listened to everyone Take a deep from breath. easy. I've easy. listened to everyone from from. Steve Young to Sean Salisbury to Lorenzo Nail, like everybody that I know who knows football, we're like, oh, you run your quarterback. And I'm like, you're wrong. No, no, you don't. You don't run your quarterback. You don't run your quarterback like he's Larry Zonka. You run your quarterback on the edge. You run your quarterback on some naked boots. You you might do some, some read options where, okay, I'm going to keep it if there's 30 yards of clear grass in front of me. But quarterback power over a freaking nose tackle, you don't do that. You don't. You don't do that if you have Josh Allen. You don't do that. You don't do that if you have I don't you you name your guy, man. It's not a lot of people want to make it seem like it was hindsight now. It's like, oh, oh, well, of course, you know, when he gets hurt, you're like, they shouldn't be doing that. I said that in the game against Arizona last year. I said that after week one this season. And when he, you know, was running up the middle like he was Hughes-Check or somebody, I, I wasn't, I'm just like, okay, yeah, that, that's what was going to happen. That w- was going to happen, and I don't know what Kyle Shanahan was thinking, especially especially right when you, when you just mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, and then the offense changes so that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get hurt anymore because you need your quarterback. I'm going to ask you this. Now, I, I'm never going to go as far as to say that he was trying to get <laughs> Trey Lance hurt. But I kind of feel like. No, nah, we don't want to go there. No, 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 no. I'm not going there. I kind of feel like, okay, I'll put it like this. If Jimmy Garoppolo's not on that sideline, is he running Trey Lance 13, That's 14 a times question. a game? Because I don't think so, man. I think he's like, and, and not that he wanted Trey to get hurt, but he's like, well, all right, well, I'm going to run Trey Lance. <laughs> and if that doesn't work out, well, I, I got a good quarterback on the bench. But let me just say this. Don't you get the feeling with all of that now sort of out of the way? Not an indictment on Trey Lance. But don't you get the sense that now that Kyle Shanahan has his breath of fresh air, like in a weird way, and not to speak for him, but I am, that – I got my offense back. I don't got to do that pistol crap. I don't got to do RPO. I don't have to do that triple option. I'm not running quarterback powers. I'm playing the sort of football schematically that I think I'm most effective at doing. That I don't, that I'm, in a weird way, it's like I'm sort of glad that all that crap's over. Because as Juszczyk said, the minute Jimmy Garoppolo came back into the game and after the first and second series, Juszczyk, maybe inadvertently, he sort of let something out that I thought was really poignant and hit deep, and that is he said, you know, it felt as though 49er football was back. And I think a lot of what we saw with Trey Lance was simply because of the lack of security or the lack of confidence that Kyle Shanahan had in him as far as playing the offense, getting into drops, playing from the pocket, and throwing the ball down the field. I don't think he had a lot of confidence that he could be accurate, and as a result, he felt as though the best and the most effective way for us to move the chains is to get into all that crap, that RPO, the pistol, and what eventually led to his injury. I don't know if you would agree or disagree. Well, it doesn't matter whether I agree or disagree. If that's the case, you messed up. Mm. 
And that's the I'm thing. I'm going to argue that. That's the thing is that if that's the case, Kyle Shanahan blew it. And not because he, he not because he got rid of of the of Jimmy Garoppolo, but because you got the wrong guy. Right. You got the well, wrong are, guy. Are we getting close? I mean, another year has gone by. Isn't it? Isn't it? We're not there well, in time. Well, are I'll we getting t- close t- to saying that that draft and that huge trade, which mm-hmm. was thought to be the biggest in the history of the franchise mm-hmm. on draft day, is a very we took a large step to that being officially a mistake, where we can all say you blew it. Okay. Here's what I'm going to tell you right now. Right now, and I'm going to say this definitively, okay? Definitively, I'm saying that that move was bad. Even if Trey Lance comes back in year year three, because this is year two. Trey Lance comes back in year three, and he's pretty good, okay? But what are the chances of that happening when he's got to start all over again? Well, no, but, but that's what I'm saying, though. The most realistic thing is that Trey Lance is pretty good in year four. Yeah. And and, and if and Trey Lance— And then you're going to pick up the option on his Exactly, contract? exactly. So it's not that— it's not the Trey Lance being drafted factor. It's two first-round picks for a guy that didn't develop for four seasons. Now, is that his fault? No. Is it Kyle Shanahan's fault? Yes. I would agree with you. Yes. All right. We continue here. We're not going to lean on Kyle Shanahan, but I do want to talk about Oh, wait. wait, wait well, we can. You can. You can go after your boy. We, but some of these give me a hard time. For, I'd even play Kyle um, Shanahan this entire week, and they're still giving me great. <laughs> I saw that shit. All right. So I want to get into Shanahan and now Jimmy Garoppolo. Who wants to be 2017? And we're going to play some sound from Kyle Shanahan saying, I'm not necessarily sure that that's going to happen. I want to get your thoughts on Kyle Shanahan just letting his guy cook, let Jimmy shimmy. We were taking some questions to come up with a new nickname for Jimmy and letting him throw the ball down the field. We'll by, by the way, so someone said Jimmy Superfly Garoppolo on there several times on the Comcast Business Text Line. Did you see that? That doesn't work, but the word Superfly, I like that coming back, man. Somebody's got to dust that off and bring it back. All right, we'll be back with Shamari Block and Dadavone here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.